ruimtelijke beplanning om een welvarende en gelijke geldteling te die Keniaanse president William Ruto het aangekondig alle vla in die landse halfstok hang ter ere van die ontslape Namibiese president Hage Gaingab wat zondag gesterf het. Ruto het die 82-jarige beskryf as iemand wat gegloe het in die Verenigde Afrika en een sterk voorstander van die vastelandse stem en sigbaarheid op die globale verhoog was. Ruto het Gaingab as een visionaire leier geloof. Die voormalige Keniaanse president Uhuru Kenyatta sê Gaingab was een man van wijsheid en kennis wat met nederigheid en grasie geleid het. Australië het skoonskip gemaakt in die eendag reeks tegen die Windies dier die besoekers met acht balkies te klop in die derde wedstrijd in Canberra. Die Windies is in die 25e beerd vir net 86 uitgehaal. Xavier Bartlett het vier balkies geneem en Alec Atanase, sy 32 was die hoogste telling. Australië het daarop die teiken binnen 7 balbeerte aangeteken met 2 balkies plat. Die twee spannes staan, slaan nou oor na die 20s met die eerste van 3 krachtmetings wat vrijdag in Houbaat plaasvind. Die rand verhandel teen 18 rand 97 cent in die dollar, 20 rand 36 cent in die euro en 23 rand 80 cent in die pond. Bitcoin verhandel teen 42.701 dollar 58 cent. Die prijs van goud is 2.025 dollar 67 cent per fijnhoens en die prijs van brent riewelie 78 dollar 24 cent per vat. Ek sê na koetser, daar is weer nie somal 5. Hier weer berig met trotsgeborg dier Chamberlain's. Chamberlain's bekend verhaard waar is in 1903. Once again, Chamberlain presents their famous power tool extravaganza from 26 January to 29 February. Join the leading brand specialists at our mega stores on Saturday mornings for live and noisy demos. Centurion, 27 January. Montana, 3 February. Silver Lakes, 10 February. Strubens Valley, 17 February. Kyle Army, 24 February. 60,000 Rand to be given away for lucky in-store prize winners. See you there for the rockiest and bottomest prices. Chamberlain, famous for hardware since 1903. And you're here for more of uh, februari, Pretoria en Johannesburg, beide gedeeltelijk bewolk, maar warm, Pretoria 17 op na 35, Johannesburg 15, 33, Kaamstad ook gedeeltelijk bewolk, 18 met een maximum van 24, Bloemfontein gedeeltelijk bewolk morgen, 16, 35 en Durban ook gedeeltelijk bewolk, 22 met een maximum van 28. Voor een volledig weersverslag besoek gerust www.wdsi.co.za Hey We've been driving around but now I think it's getting pretty late Let's cut this off, I don't wanna meet your friends If I do, I'll be covered, I'm still gonna let you down So we should call it now <laughs> Hey, you've been singing your favorite songs, hoping we won't end And I can tell by the look in your eyes, you're overthinking again You'd like to spend the night With the top off of my car Trying to find us in the stars But I don't wanna get too close And wreck your heart tonight I don't wanna find us here In two years time oh, Stuck in the 9 to 5 oh, Long days and lonely nights So smiling while we're crying Cause we're not a vibe Oh, I don't wanna be yours Oh, oh, I don't wanna be yours Oh, I don't wanna be, oh, oh, I don't wanna be yours 
Als een beetje kut, Darren met dans op die tafels, groot of hem negatief van vijf, tien minuten oor vier. Gaan we praat oor ons watersituasie en die valrivier en hardweerspoort met een uh, kenner in hierdie area, uh, professor Julie Skuman. Nee, ik ga eerst hoor, wat gaan aan op die paie, ek hoor, dit is nie lekker nie. Is geen parcelle rijlaan in die noordelike richting het vertraging soos wat jy rij dier na Moodstraat. Dan is daar tans Beerdkracht en Ekveld en Broeklin, Klemant en Boysens tot en met 6 uur. Op een en site was daar vroeger ongeluk by die Brakfontein Wisselaar wat baie starige verkeer veroorzaak. En dan in Midrand op een en site is daar sonne bus net voor die Bekloe Wisselaar wat ook die verkeer laat terugstaan daar. As jy van enig iets anders weet, aan ons op hoogte 061-610-4576. Je krijgt die golfbal en die gaat maar los je kleren op je matjes in net nog in smoorse wedelen alweer. Verjaag is jij op tijd maar vergeet dan van ons tijd. Je zijn en slag jouw adres eraf wacht me neer. Al mag je me nog elke deel van mijn langjes alles, mijn alles. Simple dimples, can't help but cry. Who can't quite like I can't. 
Dirtbag is groot, web 90.5 So, meeste van ons was nou onlangs bykie uh, hard wees spoordamse kant toe en ons was by die vangerivier en ons sien het nou nie mis en die een ding is die mense wat sê, ons kan nie meer, ons kan nie tjoeperij nie um, ek het al 16 van my worms het vastgesit in die uh, plante, kan nie meer visies vang nie, kan, kan nie vis vang kan nie, nie. Skie nie. kan niks doen nie, hoekom want ons hierdie plante, ons ken het as jacinte, mm. want letterlijk, dit het hartjes oorgeneem, mm. en ek weet, die mense specifiek wat hy is gekoop het, langs die dam, is verschrikkelijk omgekrap geweest oor dit, en nou sit dan by die vallrivier, um, en, toe dan kijk, jy weet wat, ek het by die artikel afgekom, van, wat kan ons doen om trend dit, en, um, ons het toe afgekom op die centrum vir biologische controle, dan by Rhodes Universiteit, hulle is een redelike nieuwe entiteit, um, maar hulle het gongheikies in hierdie ecosysteem ingesit, wat net hierdie plante eet, en hulle dan laat doodgaan om nou die nommers te verminder, ongelooflike gesprek, maar saam met ons op die lijn, and uh, she is actually from Rhodes University for um, Center for Biological Control, Prof. Julie Kutsia, hi Prof. Hi, hi Dookie, hi Nina. Hi Julie. How are you? 
I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm getting inundated with questions about these these plants clogging up our waterways. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So obviously you research and and your focus of your research uh, at the moment is on biological control of invasive aquatic plants. Now is that what right. these these plants are? These hyacinths? Yeah. So firstly, the plant that's on the Vaal River is actually not hyacinth. It's a different species called water lettuce or waterfly. Waterfly? Um, it's a completely different plant. Yeah. You can't eat it. Oh, wow. That um, was my next question. No? <laughs> <laughs> we could try, but no, it's got horrible hairs on it and it will probably make your lips itch. <laughs> but yes, so so we work on these um, aquatic invasive plants and they've become invasive because they arrived here a long time ago, more than a hundred years ago for water hyacinth. And um, from the Amazon jungle, from those beautiful, slow moving um, waters of the Amazon. And because we've dammed up our waters and slowed them down, and because we've got so many nutrients in the water because we don't um, have adequate uh, wastewater treatment plants, we all know how bad our water quality is at the moment. Mm. These plants are just having a ball. They are growing beautifully. They're taking up the nutrients and they're covering these these now slow-moving water bodies. So how did they get here from the Amazon? That's quite a far way to travel. <laughs> that, yeah, that is. Um, and there was no air travel over 100 years ago. Yeah. So they actually um, would have been spread around by gardeners, by aquarium enthusiasts, maybe by... Um, Fishermen, um, because they've got that, the water hyacinth has that beautiful purple flower. Mm. And so water gardeners would have thought this is a fantastic thing to, to spread Put around the world. And so, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, would have given them to friends and pop this on the boat on your way from Kew Gardens in, in London and take them to your new place in Cape Town which is where we first noticed um, the plants in, in the early um, 1900s. And then by 1910, it was uh, noticed on the Vaal River. So we're 100% sure it's not Jan van Riebeek's fault? Definitely not his fault. But now, interesting that you say that it's gardeners. And isn't that something that customs should be, be checking out or making sure it doesn't happen? I, I guess back in the 1900s, there wasn't something like customs. So people could virtually take meats and plants and, and, and everything exactly. over the border. Exactly. So, you know, between 150 100 to 100 years ago, it was the, the age of exploration. And it was... Um, you know, uh, finding unique animals and unique birds and um, unique plants and just spreading them around. And it was largely by Europeans coming to these new places who actually wanted their new habitat to look quite similar to what they were used to. So the story goes that um, Cecil John Rhodes, the, the colonist from, from England who yeah. arrived in Cape Town, actually ordered oak trees and... Um, European starlings to be sent to South Africa. And that's now why we have invasive European starlings in this country. You see, it's Sissel's fault. So people wanted things, yeah, to look to, they, they wanted things that reminded them of home a lot of the time. Mm. And, and you would expect the Europeans, especially the guys from Britain and that kind of thing, that they wanted to get out of that horrible weather and enjoy the beautiful African countryside, but that was not the case. 
That was not the case. So th- there's a there's an entry in Charles Darwin's diary from the from the 1800s when he arrived at the at Cape Town in the the Cape of Good Hope, and we all know that. Cape Town is this incredible um, biodiversity hotspot, and uh, you know, for the world. And he arrived, and he said, "Look at this drab, boring place. I've never seen such awful plants before. Um, you can't, there's not even a tree to sit under and eat an apple." Oh my goodness! Go back to where you come from. Yeah, and now we know <laughs> we know why there's a Darwin Award, you know, named after him because clearly he was he was a bit of an idiot. <laughs> my, uh, let's talk about these plants now because they are rapidly spreading, and like you said, they yes. they are having a, free, a feeding frenzy in our waterways. But how mm-hmm. quickly do they, you know, uh, what's what's the incubation period of these plants, and how quickly do they multiply? So they can double their biomass every seven to 14 days, depending on the conditions. Wow. Wow. So in summertime, when it's nice and warm and there's lots of nutrients in the water, lots of um, stuff that's coming from real, from sewage, mm, they, they can, yeah, they just explode. Now, is, is there a way that we can kind of, you know, uh, help the situation as the public people who want to go to the Val, who want to go to Hartebeespoort, um, to kind of get these plants and, you know, under control again? Um, that's a very, <laughs> we all want to, we all, we want to make a difference and we want to help, but it's a, it's a huge problem. I think the, the, the biggest thing is keep putting pressure on municipalities to upgrade their wastewater treatment works. I was at the Val yesterday and there must be over 50 um, wastewater treatment facilities in the catchment for the Val. So it's all everything upstream of the Val, all those little towns and municipalities that aren't complying and they're pumping raw sewage or untreated sewage um, into into the Clip River, into the Sekobos Rand River, um, into the Ritzbreit and that's then eventually landing up in the vol so all that pollution is ending up in the vol which is making the plants um a huge problem now obviously everyone uh, who has a house at the vol at the moment um uses the vol for for boating for fishing wants to get rid of this plant because it's it's got all kinds of negative um impacts and there's a lot of legislation in place um about it's illegal to move invasive species. It's illegal to spray invasive species. And all of this is unless you have a permit. So, you know, for as a member of the public, um, maybe move, remove some plants around your area, but definitely don't do anything that's, that's against the law. And um, trust that for the Val in particular, we're working with, well, Randwater's on it. They've got a really good management plan. Um, we were in these, these higher level talks yesterday about it, and this plan is going to, to be implemented. Uh, the big thing is legislation. So they're just trying to get the permits correct before they can actually um, spray the plants or remove the plants or put biological control into the plants. And you would think that there would be less red tape around these kinds of things because obviously, you know, there's there's a lot of money around the vol. There's a lot of money around how to be a sport, especially for the municipalities. They want their taxpayers to be happy or the, you know, the, the people funding the municipality, but this is not the situation. Yeah, absolutely. So a new regulation was actually passed on the 8th of December 
that um, we weren't aware of that makes it, um, I don't want to say illegal, but I guess it is. It makes it illegal to release one of our little hookers onto a system without permission from water and sanitation. And the irony is that Department of Environmental Affairs and Department of Agriculture gave us permission to release them. So, it's, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of... Um, maybe miscommunication or non-communication and now this we, we're yeah. sitting with with having to wait for the right um, permission to be granted. Very, very frustrating. Um, Julie, we would love to hear about your chokhakis. Uh, we'll be back with you shortly. Ja, het is interessant om dat te hoor oor die situasie in die val en haar te wees voor. Net typies daai red type. Ja, en ons praat nie heel te daar oor. Ons het met Silje Brink ook daar oor gepraat en hulle probeer die, die rooi type al hoe minder maak. Mm. Maar nou weet jy eens, hy, sit die uh, departement van omgevingssake, sit die gogaikies in, ons wil die damskoon he. Mm. En dan, hash, hash, die 8 december. Nee, 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 jy mag nie sonder permit gogaikies loslaat. Mm. Nou, ons gaan praat oor die gogaikies, dit is ongelooflik wat hulle by mekaar gesit het, um, met uh, professor Judy Koetsee weer uh, net hierna. Jy is altyd een bok vir sports. Jy is nie bang vir vreemde smake nie. Lein nie aan een fobie vir kiemen nie. Gee nie om as iemand in jou nek blaas nie. En, 
is nie bang om in een voertuig vir vier daas om met vreemdes te bly nie. Dan is Groot Vrees 3 met een 30.000 rand kontantprys net die uitdaging vir jou. WhatsApp die woord Vrees na 060-6433-877 en volg die instructies. Groot Vrees 3 met trots geborg dier Mitmak Motors. Net hier op Groot FM 90.5 vanaf 21 tot 24 februari by die Kolonare Winkelcentrum. Bees en vees en dat had terrieve geld. IFSA is die marktleier in alternatieve bate bestuur. IFSA bied uit die lopende beleggingsoplossings dier een reeks onderliggende bates om stabiliteit en hoge opbrengst met la wisselvalligheid te verdien. As kenners op die gebied van beleggingsoplossings staan die IFSA-netwerk van onafhankelijke en geaccrediteerde financiële adviseers hulle beleggers by om hulle portefeuries correct in die markt te positioneer. Beleef vandag in jou welvaartreis. SMS die woord groot na 48422. Bees en geld, eerder aan 50 per SMS. IFSA, Prosperity in Progress. IFSA is een gemachtigde FTV. Ons allemaal het al hierdie gesprek gehad met vrou Lee. Jy nooi al jou pelle oor vir een braai en sy gebruik elke verskoning in die boek om dit te stop. Haar niets te verskoning. Hier is nie genoeg plek met al jou goed wat hier rondstaan nie. Dankzij Just Storage braai ons nou elke naweek. Problem? No problem! Besoek juststorage.co.za geleer in Kruijenberg, Pretoria Oost met genoeg spasie vir persoonlijke en commerciële besittings. Met vier spasie grootes, vanaf slechts 390 rand per maand, 24 uur sekuriteit, kan jy met gemoedsris braai. Bees en vees geld. Petrol en dieselpryse stijg om middernacht. Dit volg op skerp prijsdalings die afgelope maande. Die prijs van loodvrije petrol van beide oktane stijg met 75 cent per liter en die groothandelprys van diesel tussen 70 en 73 cent. Die groothandelprys van lampolie word met 53 cent per liter verhoog en die maximum kleinhandelprys van vloeibare gas stijg met 37 cent per liter. Zuid-Afrikaanse brandstofpryse word hoofdzakelijk bepaald dier internationale olieprijse en die randwisselkoers omdat olie in dollar verkoop word. Die Gautengse onderwijsdepartement betreer die dood van een graad 1 leerder van die laarskool Mandleto in Tsakani in Brakpan. Die leerder het na bewering gesterf van koekies van een plaaslike spazawinkel. Die kind het geloo in die klas siek geword, naar geword en gesterf met die paramediesiese aankomst. Die woordvoerder Zolani Mkwemte het ouders versoek om versichtig te wees met sekere spazawinkels sy producte. We are deeply saddened by this unfortunate incident. We plead with parents to be vigilant concerning the edible goods that their children consume. We call upon law enforcement agencies and municipalities to be more stringent on compliance matters related to spaza shop products. Indeed, we wish to extend our sincerest condolences to the family. Die Gautengse verkeersdepartement het twee verdachtes in hechtenis geneem omdat hulle meer as 200 km per uur op die N4 en N1 snelweeg gejaag het. Die woordvoerder Selo Maremane het die arrestaties bevestig en sy beide verdachtes sal terecht staan op antlachte van rukkeloose bestuur en die oorskruiding van die voorgeskrewe spoedgrens van 120 km per uur. Hy sê hulle is elk op 1000 rand borgtocht vrygelaat nadat hulle onderscheidelik in die landroshof in Bronkorspreid en Midrand verskyn het. En ja, weer morgen een gedeeltelike bewolkte, maar bitter warm dag in Gauteng, Pretoria 17 op na 35 en Johannesburg 15 met een maximum van 33. Ek sien al koetser, daar is weer nies om 5.
Dan kan ik niet slapen. En als te veel wat mij wakker houdt, niet gedank ik ze alleen niet. Dan kon zo het toekomst bouwen. Ik weet niet of jij probeert niet, maar alles brandt om mij en jou. In je laaien, onder ons vaaien, bij je leeg. Ik wil jou, oh, jou, Maar ik kan verstaan, hoe komt alles spontaan aan die brandslaan om ons te Spontaan, Groot FM 90.5 Ons gast op die groot trek vanmiddag Professor Julie Koetsee en sy is van die Rhodes Universiteit Centrum vir Biologische Controle en haar navorsing al vir die laaste paar jaar focus op uh, biologische controle van, uh, wat, wat noem jy sê die wat sê het in Engels? In Afrikaans? Wat? In Weisif. Julie, wat sê in Weisif oh, in Afrikaans? In, indringer Indringer indringer, waterplante uh, waterplante, dit is nou wat hierdie jacinte is en dan blijkbaar die variatie wat op die val is is nie die selfde as wat ons het in hardies waterblaarslaai, dit is waterslaai waterslaai, maar net jy vir die mense sê dit is waterblaarslaai nie, nou nou sê jy vir die tanny, uh, bekkie gaan koop vir ons goed vir die slaai, het jy nog blaarslaai, neem in die warne, ek gaan in die dam al want mense sal dit nou nog doen ook maar soos ek gesê, moet nie die goed eet nie, asjeblief toch. Julie, so what I wanted to know is, with all of these plants, is is it actually affecting the water quality as well? Because from my basic uh, science knowledge from school, obviously any kind of plant would give off uh, chlorophyll, right? Which is the what makes a plant green. And does does this go into the water? Is Is there a negative effect on the plant life and the fish and that kind of thing? Yes. 
Um, yes and no. So the plant is there because of the poor water quality. But then what it, its presence does is it um, pretty much kills off that whole aquatic ecosystem because it's blocking light. So you said chlorophyll. Now, obviously, chlorophyll is needed for photosynthesis. Yes. And um, it's not so much the, the invasive plant that's the problem. It's that there's no light penetrating the water body which means all those plants and little planktons, those tiny, tiny little plants um, and algae in the water that provide oxygen for the for that whole water body don't get any sunlight. And without sunlight, there's no photosynthesis. And without photosynthesis, there is no oxygen. So the water becomes um, anaerobic. So it means there's, there's no oxygen in the water. And obviously fish die. The little hochos that the fish eat die, the crabs die, the snails die. Um, and so it has these huge knock-on effects for the actual ecology of that whole aquatic um, ecosystem. Mm. And obviously if the sun can't penetrate because, you know, the UV rays also help uh, clean up the water a little bit, sanitize to a, yeah. a degree. Yeah, so. they do to a degree. Um, but yeah, largely it's it's just the light that, that these little plants need to produce oxygen that's that's not that doesn't get through the the water column so you and your clever friends have found hochaikis mm. that can eat these plants so tell, us, right. yes. tell us a little bit more okay so we work on natural enemies of our enemy so these enemies are um the, the plants obviously and the natural enemies are the hochas that keep them under control in their native range. So in the Amazon, these plants have got little hojas associated with them that don't allow them to get out of control because they're eating them, there's viruses, there's fungi. And um, what we do is go to the center of origin. And I'm not just talking about for water hyacinth or water lettuce. This is for um, invasive species in general, invasive yeah. plants where we go and look for the natural enemies occurring on those plants in their native range. And we bring them back to South Africa. Um, in fact, this, this science is done all over the world. Um, we're in the top three, probably along with America and Australia. Wow. Um, New Zealand's also, New Zealand's also quite active in biological control. And um, we bring them in with permits from the government into a quarantine facility. So it's a completely safe and secure facility that has um, authorized access only. And in there, we conduct um, experiments or and research to ensure that these little natural enemies, these hojas, are only going to eat the plant that we are targeting. So they are called, they are specific. They are um, only going to target the the invasive species and nothing else. And we test closely related plants. We test indigenous plants. We test um, plants of economic importance. So we test crop plants. And um, once we are satisfied that these insects are specific, that they are only going to eat the target plant and that they're damaging because there's no point releasing something if it's not going to do anything, we then apply to government for permission to release the um, to oh, release gosh. the hoja. and it goes through a whole scientific process. And once they are satisfied, um, then we'll obviously release it. So and how we would far... never release anything. Sorry, we'd mm. never release anything 
that would not even vaguely sure. eat. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So how far in the process are you for the specific plant in the vole? So water lettuce has been around for decades and the first control agent, a little weevil, a um a kiaverki, I can't think of the Afrikaans name for a mm. weevil right now. Oh, there's a kiaverki, um, I think. Yeah, it's a kiaver. Um was first released in 1985. So this hocha has been around for probably a lot longer than a lot of your listeners. And um it was introduced um by the then Agricultural Research Council, and we've been using it since 1985. So that's almost 40 years. And we actually don't even consider this Vatisfly a problem anymore because of how effective this little hocha is. So we are well down the line. What we need to do now is breed these insects up in huge numbers so that we can release them onto the vol. Yeah, you see, it's a natural cycle. You know, the chokas that were working from 1985, they are now old chokas and retiring. <laughs> so we need a new generation of chokas to come in and join the workforce, you know. Absolutely. We're dealing with, with the great, 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 great grandchildren of the original. Julie, so this is... Really- and we've been, sorry, just we've been keeping these chokas going um, at our facility in, in Grahamstown at, at Rhodes University um, because every now and then water lettuce might pop up in a small farm dam um, or you know a, a small system and we can quickly send the insects off and then we don't hear from the people again because the insects do such a good wow. job but now with this vol it's bigger than it's the, the biggest infestation we've had to deal with in a very long time so are we going to see, you know, a clean heart to be a sport and a clean vol again uh, in in the next year or so? Or is it going to take a little bit longer than that uh, because of the amount of no. plants? Yeah, it's, just, it's going to take a while. The thing with biological control is um, it takes time. We're, dealing, we're not dealing with a, with a herbicide, with a chemical that, um, you know, kills the plant instantly. We're dealing with little beings that have a life cycle that have to build up their um, population so we've been working at how put on the the water hyacinth now well i run it well the insects were first released there in in the 1990s believe it or not but um we've changed the way that we do biological control with a new hoho mm. which is a, a hopper and um we're releasing it we, we're calling it inundated releases frequent inundated releases so with the community around Hardebeersport, we've set up little greenhouses for these hojas. And the local communities are farming these hojas and um, they've got permission from environmental affairs to do so. And then we're releasing them onto the dam. Um, the big thing though is winter. So we get control of this plant at the moment. They're looking terrible. The, the population is not very good and um, as they start to die the hojas die and by the end of summer by the end of March April there's there's hardly any water hyacinth left on the dam but then we get winter um, there's no growth and in springtime the seeds come back so wow. water hyacinth and water lettuce produce hundreds of thousands of seeds and they are they've been collecting in the the bottom of the dam for years and years and years and so they start to to come back and what we've done with these communities is kept the hojos alive over winter in little um tunnels to release in springtime as soon as the plants um, become 
you know, as soon as we start noticing the plants coming back from these little seeds. Well, Jilly, this is... So, your question is a few years. Yeah, okay, a few years. No, that's fine. Listen, um, I actually know a guy. His name is Donovan. I don't know if this is going to help, but Donovan, Donovan, he has steroids. Maybe we can <laughs> we can give these hojas a little bit of steroids, and then. And that sounds like you want to do like genetic engineering or something. Why don't we? Why don't we? We like cross pollinate a little hoja with like a, a eagle or a, a falky of each, you know, make them bigger. Because then what if it what if it comes and eats your uh, fark or uh, or your millies? No man, then we we don't want to mess with the genes. Then we have the shotguns. Don't. You know, we, we don't. Have, we've got no. things. Okay. <laughs> Here we have a, a bigger problem. Listen, Julie. No, this is this is fantastic, and I'm uh, really glad you guys have have it under control. And I have think a planning place. Yeah, that's, that's good. I, I think the, yeah. the science yeah. behind it is remarkable. These, you know, just how the whole ecosystem um, just you know happens, and the little hojas eat the plants, and you know everything's got its place. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in this world so that's amazing thank you for your time and explaining it to us so hopefully the residents of the Val and Harties uh, know what they need to do and you know they can sleep a little bit sounder tonight knowing that you know it's not going to be there forever but they they need to shape up a little bit and if you see little hojas don't uh, track at your pantoffel and slap it you know it might just <laughs> help you around the house Yes, absolutely. And we just, we have to ask people to be patient. Just be patient. We live in a world of instant gratification, mm. but this is the most ecologically um, sustainable, ecologically safe method for um, control of these plants. Yeah, without putting herbicides and other yeah. agents into the water as well. Exactly. And it's cheap. Prof. Julie, we appreciate it. Have a lovely day and thank you for all the advice. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Yes, I feel like I'm going my curious mind voel nou of ek ietsie geleer het vandag mm. met al hierdie, hierdie watergoogheikies en uh, prof uh, koets 7, want anders so mooi verduidelik het tyd nou vir jou verkeer, hier verkeer en jy gebring dit webycars, webycars.co.z by verre die beste manier om jou rijding te verkoop I like to sell it, sell it but want a good price for it where can I sell it, sell it I like to sell it I like to sell it, sell it I'd like wow, to... wow, 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 wow you want to sell your car? Yes. Okay. Why do you ask? Well, because we'd like to buy it, buy it. We'd like to buy it, buy it. We'd like to buy it, buy it. We'd like to buy it. Jy wil verkoop, ons wil koop. We buy cars. Die beste manier om jou rijding te verkoop. In Midrand op Union site was al vroeger al stilstaan een bus by die Bekloe, wisselaar wat steeds zwaar verkeer veroorzaak. Dan nou ook op Union site de ongeluk by Brakfontein, wisselaar wat jewige verkeer dooit. Centurion Vira Park, Littleton Manor en en op Spark het Beertkrachtans uh, by Hatfield, Brooklyn, Clement Boys en Selle probleem tot en met 6 uur. Dan uh, by Eskimperlele Rijlaan in een noordelike richting was daar vertragings of is daar eerder um, by Moodstraat en dan ook uh, dankie vir die WhatsApp flikkerfase uh, by Steve Biko en de PR as geen pinspan aan die so die verkeer is starig daar is dit vir nou as jy van nog iets weet 
Yoka met voet is goed de vim 90.5 net voor het sunset switch up met Ayen Mika relax take it easy Dankie vir die WhatsApp het ingekom en al ongeluk op een en sluit by die brakfontein wisselaar was nooit lotig. Die snaweg is gesluit uh, by die wisselaar, so wees maar net bewust daarvan dat jy alternatieve route moet vat. Een volledige bulletin volg via 12 minuten oor 5. Die onafhankelijke verkiesingskommissie het die vereiste verkiesing depositus vir deelnemende politieke partijen en onafhankelijke kandidaten in die komende verkiesing aangekondig. Volgens die OVK uitvoerende hoof Saima Mabolo sal die deelnemende politieke partijen 50.000 rand moet neersit vir elke provinciale wetgever waarin hulle meding. Onafhankelijke kandidaten sal 20.000 rand moet deponeer vir elke streek waarin hulle meding. Die depositus het ten doel om die toewijding en ernst van politieke partijen en onafhankelijke kandidaten in die verkiesings proces te verseker. A political party that contests the compensation seats in the National Assembly and in all the nine regions will need to deposit an amount of 300,000. Importantly, independent candidates will deposit 15,000 for the election of a provincial legislature. Intussen spreek die Ravonia Circle, sy kommer uit oor jongmens is gebrek aan vertrouwen in politieke partijen en die kiesstelsel. 
Kanya Burns en Kamaa sê, van die organisatie sê, daar is een behoefte dat politieke partijen groter pogings moet aanwend om die jeugd te oortuig om aan sy stemproces deel te neem. Sy het in ENC hy gesê, dit is belangrijk om hierdie kwestie te pak, aangezien die land een ouwer kieserbasis het. Sy vraag meer betrokkenheid by jong kiesers om een uiteenlopende en verteenwoordigende demokrasie te verseker. Young people understand and they know the power of their vote. What we should take this as is young people saying to political parties, you need to do more in order for you to get my vote. So a lot of young